You're listening to a chapel message from Trinity Christian College, recorded live at the Ozinga Chapel Auditorium in Palos Heights, Illinois. Well, as Pastor Ben said on Tuesday, our chapel series this fall is called Living Faith. We'll be working through the book of James, which is full of challenges to live out the Christian faith more deeply. It's the idea of if we believe what we say we believe, how then shall we live? But when we were planning this series, it seemed worth spending some time here at the beginning of the semester before we get into James, defining together what is the Christian faith? What do Christians believe about God, about the world, about ourselves? So we're using a simple three-part framework for this, which is appropriately Trinitarian. We are blessed by God, we are redeemed by Christ, and we are equipped by the Holy Spirit. On Tuesday, Pastor Ben reflected on how we are blessed by God. We believe in a God of abundance whose fundamental nature is. And on Tuesday, we'll consider the role of the Holy Spirit in equipping the people of God for the mission of God in the world. So we're blessed by God, redeemed by Christ, equipped by the Holy Spirit. That is, in a nutshell, the Christian faith that grounds our life together at Trinity Christian College. So we'll come back to all that and to Colossians 1. But first I have a question for you. Um, And this is kind of like a dark topic for a Friday morning, so just bear with me, but... Question is this, what is sin? You don't have to answer. In part because I don't think people in our culture, outside of the church, anyways, talk about sin anymore. It's like not even a thing. So it kind of is on us to think about what is sin. Every year in my Christian scriptures class, and a spoiler alert to my students who are here today, because we'll be doing this on Monday. Every year, I invite the class to name together as many things as we can think of that are wrong with the world. We just, we just cover the board with it. Very, very uh, edifying exercise. And they name things like murder, crime, anxiety, depression, poverty, racism. COVID, cancer, famine, abortion, war, death. The list can go on and on, and it can be overwhelming to see all the ways that things are not the way it's supposed to be. Overwhelming in part, because human efforts to address these problems always seem to fall short. Sometimes, maybe even often, our solutions to one problem inadvertently make something else worse. For example, today it is easier than ever before for people to afford clothes. For people living in poverty, especially here in the U.S., that seems like a good thing. Until you remember that cheap clothes here are the results of a global clothing industry that relies on the underpaid or unpaid, enslaved, labor of women and children in other places in the world. 
And it's had a significant impact on market economies in Africa that now receive bulk shipments of t-shirts we bought for $6, wore three times, and then gave to Goodwill. We have phones that make our lives easier, only to find our We invest in sustainable energy only to discover unforeseen environmental and economic impacts on the other side. We want to welcome people only to discover we've alienated others in the process. Every human solution falls short. We are fundamentally unable to hold together all that God holds together, grace and truth, justice and mercy, holiness and love. Because sin, to come back to our question, is, is more than just the occasional moral oops. On this side of the fall, sin is who we are as much as what we do. As human beings, each of us is both made in the image of God with inherent beauty and dignity and goodness, thanks be to God, and also totally depraved. Or if that language is too theological for you, fundamentally effed up. Maybe most days we can fake our way through. But my guess is each of you knows what it's like to be laid bare. The death of a loved one, being systemic in society, or that thing you hate doing, but you just can't stop. It can almost be enough to make you physically ill. We live under what Paul calls in Colossians 1, the dominion of darkness. And like those trapped in the darkness or enslaved under the power of another, we long for freedom, for rescue. And it is that image that opens our verses today. And I'll kind of just work through these, so if you've got it in front of you, I invite you to just keep that in front. The image of God breaking into the dominion of darkness, breaking through our brokenness and persistent failures to fix things, and bringing us into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of his beloved son, where there is freedom and forgiveness of sins. And how does God do this? Through Jesus, his son, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, Jesus, the creator, Jesus, the ruler and sustainer of the universe, who is before all things and in whom all things hold together. Jesus, who is God, we can see. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. The same Jesus who was before there was light appears on the pages of time as Jesus of Nazareth, rabbi, teacher. He heals the sick, eats with the outcasts, welcomes the children, speaks with authority. Crowds gather and follow. Maybe he is the Messiah. Maybe he's out of his mind. Maybe he'll lead a rebellion. Maybe 
we should get rid of him. And so begins the plot that eventually gets Jesus nailed on the cross. Stripped, tortured, and hung like a criminal. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, making peace through his blood shed on the cross. God, this is a holy thing. Because what an insane way to bring about peace, bring about our rescue through Jesus' own capture and torture. And yet in the design of God, this is the exact thing we were completely unable to do, provide a solution for sin. And as the crowd in Jerusalem cries, crucify him, crucify him, we hear echoes of our own rejections of Jesus, rejections of God and God's way of love. It is our sins, our self-delusions, our self-determination, self-actualization, self-absorption, and all the effects of the fall that we are powerless to fix that nail Jesus to the cross. Jesus, who willingly receives it all, willingly bears the weight of it all, his blood spilling out to atone for it all. Jesus, who cries out at last, it is finished, and then hangs his head and dies. Evil has done the unthinkable and killed the Son of God. Light of the world by darkness slain. But God, but God, by God's own design, makes this the moment where evil implodes in upon itself, absorbed in the power of God's own body, makes this the moment where the enemy is defeated, death is put to death, and death does not get the final word. Because as Jesus rises from the dead, a new dawn appears, a new day, a new creation defined by resurrection and life and the hope of glory. Jesus emerges from the tomb, the firstborn from among the dead, the beginning of what's to come. And all of this is accomplished through the same cross that looked like defeat. Friends, the bold claim of the Christian faith is that there is no solution to the problems in our world outside of Christ himself. In him, all things hold together. For God was pleased through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Whatever peace we desire, be it peace with God, peace with others, peace in our world and in our souls, whatever peace we desire comes through Christ and Christ alone. There is no lasting solution to human wars, or striving, or divisions. Yes, even the divisions we struggle with here at Trinity. There is no lasting solution outside of Christ himself. 
He himself, says Paul, is our peace. There's a lot that feels hopeless and hard in our world. Amen? Wherever and however you feel that, maybe even today, the good news of the gospel is that God has not abandoned you to deal with anything on your own. God in Jesus has taken on human flesh, taken on all of our hurts and hopelessness, and died with them. He feels your grief. He suffers beside you, heals your shame, forgives your sin, and trades it all. There will be no more death or crying or mourning or pain, for all these things will have passed away. In Christ, you've been rescued. In Christ, you now belong to the kingdom of light. In Christ, you now belong to each other as sons and daughters and heirs of that kingdom. And it's all free. A sheer gift of grace purchased by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to Trinity Christian College's Chapel Podcast. To learn more about campus ministries at Trinity, visit trnty.edu slash chapel.